I'm delighted to welcome you as you join us on Search for Truth, your Bible study program with your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. Today's talk is number seven in this nine-part series, and it's about great spiritual movements. Brian looks again today at the downfall of Satan, and this time we consider a king who was influenced by Satan. If you have your Bible to hand, we'll be reading extracts from the book of Job and the book of Isaiah. So, now let's go to Brian. Thanks, John. We're thinking of how God knows the correct way and the correct time in which to abase the proud. And we've already taken Lucifer as a case study. He'd so far to fall from. He was the anointed cherub that covered. And whatever that signifies, it surely is intended to convey the importance of the high office that once belonged to this greatest of all the angelic beings created by God. Previously, in our study, we explored how the prophet Ezekiel draws our attention to the king of Tyre. But behind the description of this earthly king, we saw, we are given a much more sinister outline of a darker figure, beyond the character of the mere earthly king, like a back projection onto the wall behind him. The picture drawn by Ezekiel switches from earth to heaven. There we find a garden and an awesome being described. He's not only beautiful, but he becomes ambitious. It's this that becomes his downfall. Overweening pride and vaulting ambition bring him crashing out from the inner circle of angelic orders to a more distant orbit, as it were. Satan still had real influence, however. An early witness to this is found in the story of Job in the first chapter. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From roaming about on the earth and walking around on it. The Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. Consistent with that insight into the celestial councils of angelic watchers, the Bible would indicate that the present world was placed under the control of angelic beings. We may conclude this from Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 5, where we read that God did not subject to angels the world to come concerning which we are speaking. The clear implication there is that the present world was indeed subjected to angels. Even after the fall of Satan from the powerful position given to him by God originally, it would seem this state of affairs continued. The Apostle John tells us, In 1 John 5 and verse 19, we know that the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Satan wasn't bluffing when he tempted Jesus with the gift of all earthly kingdoms and their glory, as we read about in Luke chapter 4. Not having the flawless nature our Lord has, this state of affairs is no longer a good one for us. It means we're living in a system that's anti-God. This is, in fact, what the Apostle Paul indicated when writing to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 2. And you were dead, he said, in your trespasses and sins, in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. 
the moral atmosphere that we are exposed to all around us is not a healthy one. Satan is powerful and very successful in corrupting the minds of men and women. There was a time when he surely filled the heart of the king of Babylon to move against Jerusalem, the seat of God's residency on earth. This is what we have described in the book of the prophet Isaiah in chapter 14. Take up this taunt against the king of Babylon and say, How the oppressor has ceased, and how fury has ceased. The Lord has broken the staff of the wicked, the scepter of rulers, which used to strike the peoples in fury with unceasing strokes, which subdued the nations in anger with unrestrained persecution. The whole earth is at rest and is quiet. They break forth into shouts of joy. Even the cypress trees rejoice over you, and the cedars of Lebanon, saying, Since you were laid low, no tree cutter comes against us. Sheol from beneath is excited over you to meet you when you come. It arouses for you the spirits of the dead, all the leaders of the earth. It raises all the kings of the nations from their thrones. They will all respond and say to you, even you have been made weak as we. You have become like us. Your pomp and the music of your harps have been brought down to Sheol. Maggots are spread out as your bed beneath you, and worms are your covering. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn! You have been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven, I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you. They will ponder over you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms, who made the world like a wilderness, and overthrew its cities, who did not allow his prisoners to go home? All the kings of the nations lie in glory, each in his own tomb. But you have been cast out of your tomb like a rejected branch, clothed with the slain who are pierced with a sword, who go down to the stones of the pit like a trampled corpse. At first glance, this seems very similar to how the prophet Ezekiel, whom we studied before, had used as an earthly king as the basis or reference point for giving to us a portrayal of Satan. But this is different. The language of this description is altogether more down to earth. The body of the person being described rots in the ground with the maggots and worms, while his soul descends to the underworld. When Ezekiel took up his story of the king of Tyre, he latches onto the pride, the splendor, the greed, and the ambition of that earthly king to project our thoughts into a heavenly realm that's quite graphically described in order to trace a parallel with the similar characteristics of an angelic being whom we now commonly refer to as Satan or the devil. But in this text, from Isaiah chapter 14, the same flawed ambition and boastfulness features, but it's all surrounded with the language of death and of earthly destruction alongside that of others. This means it doesn't fit as a backstory in the same way as Ezekiel's treatment of Satan does. Isaiah's approach seems to be more one of seeing Satan's influence as he uses the king of Babylon as his vehicle. 
Satan was playing the king of Babylon in the way you might play a pawn in a game of chess. I think we may confidently state what Satan's objective was in all this. He'd failed to access the far north, or what are described as the sides or the recesses of the north, in the heavenly Zion above, and so now he turns to move against the sides of the north belonging to earthly Zion. At this stage of history, Babylon was a vassal state to the king of the Assyrian Empire, a king who actually took the title King of Babylon. What we find in Isaiah's writing is that the Assyrian, or the King of Babylon, is a man who is satanically inspired in his opposition to God's purposes involving his chosen people on earth. Satan had been hopelessly unsuccessful in his heavenly ambition to stage a takeover for heaven's throne, the place of God's residence above. He contents himself afterwards by trying to make a pitch for the capture and destruction of the place of God's residence on earth. We should make it clear that God's purposes on earth reflect the way things are in heaven. This can be seen very clearly in the way the Old Testament in particular uses the name Zion. It has a double meaning. At times, especially in the Psalms, it carries the sense of being a citadel in heaven, in which God's throne is central. This idea comes through clearly in the New Testament passage found in Hebrews chapter 12, starting at verse 22, if you care to look it up later. But when King David captured the city of the Jebusites and made Jerusalem his capital, God made it clear that he'd chosen this location referred to as Zion on earth. God had made this to be the one place on earth where his presence was to be known in a very special sense. Solomon's temple had to be built here at the city of Jerusalem on the earthly Mount Zion. Satan, as we said, had been hopelessly unable to ascend to the heights of God's throne in Zion above, so he now sets his sights on disrupting God's enjoyment of his plans on earth, reflecting what was in heaven. In this scheme, Satan enjoyed much more success. God's earthly city was vulnerable to the weakness of humanity, ever prone to rebelling against God as a result of their morally fallen human nature, from the Garden of Eden onwards. And what of today? Does Satan not move the world against the spiritual representation of Zion above, even that which is found in New Testament churches of God? Oh,
that uh, remind you again that our current book, which is entitled Great Spiritual Movements, contains all the transcripts of the nine talks in the series. And uh, it's available on request. If you'd like a copy, just ask. And we'd also be pleased to hear comments or questions you might have after listening today. I'll be giving you the contact details shortly. And the talk you've heard today, uh, I'll remind you, is also available to download via the internet in audio or text uh, format. But to obtain the book, simply ask for great spiritual movements. And you can do this by email or by post. And here's our address. Search for Truth. Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY, UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. You might be interested to know that many titles of Search for Truth transcript booklets have been turned into ebooks and are available at amazon.co.uk forward slash kindle hyphen ebooks and when you're in the kindle store just type search for truth brian johnston into the field and you'll find them once again many thanks for the privilege of your company today we appreciate your interest in these bible studies and i hope you find them interesting and helpful so i hope you join us next week to hear once again how the spirit moved in the downfall of satan next time the talks called coming down to earth. Until then, it's very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers and me, John. So cheerio and may God richly bless you. Lord, take my life and make-